0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am so happy to have you here with us this morning. This is a special morning for Mindset Monday. I'm Shelley Butler.
1: I'm Eve Doucette.
0: And this is Claire Crawford. We are so excited to have Claire. Claire was on the stage at Epic when we were there in Toronto for the most amazing, um, I almost said event, the almost amazing community that uh, Stu Saunders has put together. If you are with us last Monday. You heard all about it. So Claire Kumar comes to us. She has an author, a mom of two teenage boys, a couple, couple cats and a dog hanging around as well. Claire... Um, Um, melted my heart uh, at the uh, at the community um, epic that we go to epic community. And the reason why she melted my heart is because Claire came to us as unapologetically herself. Claire, tell tell the world what that means. Oh, my gosh.
2: Oh, thank you, Sally. Yeah, I remember us uh, speaking uh, about it. And so for me, that means so it means a couple of things. First, it means that I've tuned in to know what I actually need. And then I'm very motivated to speak those needs, especially when I sense it serves other people. There's an added fuel to being able to speak up about it. There's there's something that's very comfortable and there's a bit of there was a bit of bravery at times to be able to speak what I wanted, but I realized the effects not only for myself and living in alignment, but also for empowering others and being a role model to to kind of invite people to think about their own experience and creating that and inviting that environment in, in which you can perform at your best. But to also inspire now leaders to think about cultivating and creating that space that's so uh psychologically safe, physiologically safe, we have to worry about that these days. And I also talk about neurologically safe. Being highly sensitive myself, it's a trait that affects one in five people. My nervous system is on high alert all the time. So when we were at Epic, there was a problem with a microphone for one of the speakers. And I sensed that while I was finding it difficult to understand here her and also being a speaker, I was reminiscing to my talk where there were some microphone issues too. And it's actually when you're delivering a talk and something's going wrong with their microphone, you're thinking the whole time, oh my gosh, have I done something wrong? Have I touched it? Have I blown into it? What have I done? And this is going on as the backstory while you're trying to stay focused on delivering to the audience. So all that was in my mind when about I thinking, I don't know if you guys remember, but I think it was about four or five minutes into Kate's talk. That I just stood up and I said, excuse me. Sorry, Kate. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, stop. I couldn't believe it. Um, I was sitting there. I felt highly uh, um, anxious for Kate, right? I've watched Kate speak before and Kate was trying to move her hair and she was trying to do all kinds of things. And you stood up and you said what every
2: one of us wanted to say in that room. Yeah. So I said, uh, I put my hand up. So sorry, Kate, sorry, Kate for interrupting, but Jeff over at the sound booth, can we do something about this mic? Cause this isn't serving Kate's getting Kate's great content out. This is distracting to everyone. And sure enough, um, Jeff came out, switched her microphone. So she had two microphones on the one that didn't work and the one that did work for a while. And all of a sudden all that extra noise was gone. Kate's message was clear. And she didn't skip a beat. She just went right into right into it. And you know, I talked to the sound guys afterwards, and I said, "What was up with that?" And they said, "It was it's rate. They use radio frequencies, and sometimes because there's so many people on radio with frequencies, I actually have a radio frequency device in my car because my cars they're old, and so to be able to have my phone come through the speakers, I have to tune into a radio channel. And if you drive around. And ultimately, at some point, some other channel is going to be stronger, and you have to switch. So I think that's what's happened. And to go further in speaking up about it, I said to the sound guys, I said, "You have to act faster. It should be your call at that point that the you know to serve serve the speaker and say, and it, because it, it shouldn't be that long, and it shouldn't. I shouldn't have had to interrupt everybody It's the say, I am look excuse me, I looked over at Jeff and he was kind
0: of scrambling to get that mic going. So um, you're, you're right that, you know, but the boys did a great job. And, and uh, what I really kind of, it, I don't know if you noticed after that, but her hair got stuck. Mm-hmm. Yes. Somebody from the audience now had the hood, like had enough courage, bravery to actually go up on stage with her to help her out. Now that person, I found it is a two-time uh, June award winner. So being on stage was probably nothing for, but it seemed, it seemed like what you had cultivated there was even more camaraderie was even more bravery was even more compassion in that space. Like we all saw it and you led the way to that. And that was, um, that was beautiful. Thank you. That meant so much to me. So while you are a productivity and well-being um, coach for the sensitive professionals, I wonder how many of us are aware of our sensitivities or if it just kind of angers us. And I'll tell you what happens to me. Um, I have a hood, range hood over my, um, my stove. And I got a really quiet one because I knew the last one bothered me. So I sent the extra money. But I can find myself getting oh a little short with my husband as we're cooking a meal. And he'll go and turn
2: off that range hood stove. And I'll go,
0: oh.
2: Yeah, it's like the, the heater in the car. As soon as I notice the heater, I'm probably warm enough. Until then, I'm like, heat me up. Go, go for it. And then as soon as I notice it's blowing too much, I need to bring it down. So, you you know, yeah, there's an easy test for people to find out if this is a trait that you experience. It's at the uh, website hsperson.com. And this is hsperson.com. It's the work by Dr. Elaine Aaron. She's in her late 70s now. Her husband is Art Aaron. They are this Amazing couple. Art is the one that came with up uh, with 36 questions that hit. I think it was a New York Times article a few years ago. 36 questions to like build intimacy in a relationship and get to know someone. Amazing. These two. And she wrote the book in 1996 and developed a 27 point questionnaire. You don't need to give your email. You just take two minutes, answer the questions. And I think it's if you score up 15 or above out of the 27, you're highly sensitive. I had 23 out of the 27. So I was like, hello. So for me, it was a huge light bulb moment to be able to step in the awareness of this trait and then to realize that, you know, speaking up and adjusting and being as, as proactive as we can about it is one thing. And then in the moment to find out how to, I mean, so you talk about getting irritated and... And yeah, irritation is a cue to pay attention. So if we can, if we can in the moment notice that emotion, notice what's what, how we're feeling, irritation, anger, fear, stress, whatever, whatever's coming up in the body, that's a, Hey, I'm letting you know you need to pay attention to something. Give her a amygdala hugs and say, calm down. Thank you for no, thank you for cueing me. What do I want to do about this? boom, we now have a power position to say with our prefrontal cortex executive thinking now to say, what do I want to do about it? And instead of reacting with that emotion and I call it passing the stress hot potato, it's this pause that we invite that lets us engage our full brain and then say, oh, would you mind fixing that mic? <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's so true because I don't notice it. My husband will turn off. Uh, um- the overhead fan. I don't notice it. So we have this thing that we do at work and Eve Eve's brilliance has, has begun this. And we have a mood check before every meeting and not, not for us to fix the mood, not for us to contemplate over the mood, not for us to, um, uh, you know, go in the hole with that person with the mood, but simply to create a clearing. Yeah. Um, but what I find As we're going around the room and we're asking, you know, Eve, what's your mood? There's a lot of this, you know, there's a lot of people trying to discover, uh, what their mood is. We're so unaware
2: of ourselves. Yeah. That uh, stillness for it. He needs stillness. So you're, you're inviting that, which is a blessing to everyone there.
1: It's interesting, um, like and I, I've been practicing the opposite of speaking up, which is interesting. And I, I'm hearing both of you speak and I'm thinking, okay, am I sensitive to the fan? Was I sensitive to the mic? Absolutely. I was sensitive to that. And it was bothering me. And I remember um and I, I remember sitting down on Main Street here in Moncton and uh, in the summer. And it's a fairly busy street where all the mm-hmm. bikers going. Like, you
2: know, I know Moncton. My sister lives in Langton. Really? <laughs> in Street. Uh-huh.
1: A beautiful place. And uh, except for the noise with the bikers. And I don't own a bike, right? And I remember getting irritated, like irritated thinking, oh, my God, like, what is this noise? This is like too much. And I couldn't write and I couldn't do this. And um, so I've been practicing sitting in it, meaning that at the beginning, I would put my headphones on and be enraged. And then now I'm just sitting it in it. And and I'm not saying it works for everybody because maybe I'm not as sensitive to these sounds, but, but um, like going beyond the irritation, like when they, the fan is on because I get irritated too and I, I feel my, my, my pressure go up and I'm cooking and my wife's talking, I can't hear her as so well. I have to choose something. Am I gonna cook? Am I gonna hear? Or am I gonna like be irritated? So I've become conscious that I am like losing it right yeah uh, so the mood check is becoming conscious that you're in that mood
2: yeah the noticing so, yeah you you know, just just noticing. clearing shelly but it's the first stuff is the noticing it's fighting this noticing right
1: and then you have a choice to do something about it and you can speak out you can turn the fan off or you can say i'm not going to listen to my wife <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> see how that, that boy, I, Yeah, that, that. Sorry, I at that. your own risk, Eve, at your own risk. Yeah, I'm not. But I think, yeah, it's, it's sort of also in that moment, what can you control? What can't you control? You don't get to control those bikers. But in right. that room or in that moment where you have an opportunity to influence, let me tell you one quick story. This is going back to 1998 or 99. I was living in Tokyo and Alanis Morissette was coming on tour. And so we went to see the show. No, no, it was, well, she came, I saw her there, but um, Sarah McLaughlin, actually. Now, Sarah McLaughlin, beautiful Canadian artist, right? Very folky, calm energy. And in this room, I don't know, three, 5,000 people in this event, two people were speaking in Japanese in the middle of her show. And after a while, maybe about four or five minutes, I, in a quiet moment, Sarah was speaking, just before Sarah was speaking, I, said, I I yelled out, shut up or get out in the whole thing. Wouldn't you know those two individuals got up and left? And so, and I was thinking, oh my God, what if Sarah thinks I'm yelling at her? <laughs> I thought it was terrible. And so it was amazing because it changed the experience. Later on, I found out a friend of mine was attending as well and she said, yo girl, was that you? Was that you? I thought I heard your voice. And she was somewhere else in this black, you know, um, dimly lit event. And it's, I i think I've spoken up since I was about, I remember speaking up at around 12 years old. Um, so it's been part of my wiring. I'm sure I was speaking up the whole time. My parents will tell you, yeah, you are not an easy kid because you just, you always were like speaking up. So my work has been to Refine how I speak up so that I can ask for what we need without sacrificing anybody else's soul in the process. And so my work is to not show up angry, to not show up irritated, but to show up saying plainly, here's what I need. And if we listen to some of Brene Brown's teaching, she'll, she'll talk about the boundary people are the most, are the ones that are able to hold on to their compassion. So this ability to say what's okay for you and what's not okay for you is actually motivated by having a better experience. I want to dance with you, so help me dance with you. And this is what's going to make it okay to dance with you. Absolutely. It is <laughs> and so a,
1: important. So sorry, go. It's okay. And there's a, I, sorry, Michelle, I'm, like there's a nuance there between, um, like you said, it speaking up angry or in or in judgment of someone instead of just saying, okay, well, there's something I can say. I can turn off the fan. I can ask my wife, I can't hear you, right? Um, can Can we put a pause and let me finish dinner? We'll have a nice pie dinner with the fan off and then we can speak. There's all sorts of things we can do when we are in control of our actions, yeah? But when we are in reaction, whatever we're doing, speaking up or not speaking up, sending the angry email or like the angry voice, then that's a reaction. And I think it's a, there's a nuance there in, um, in, you know, uh, and I love Brené Brown, but I think you have to, we have to really be careful about setting boundaries that are okay for us, but affect other people. Right. But just, we're not like, boundaries are not meant to make other people bad. Right, they're just there for uh, us to respect our own selves, right? Like that. Yeah, I call it
2: playing graceful defense.
1: Yeah, graceful defense. I love that. I love that. Yeah, and it's there's a nuance there, and when should we speak up? When should we not speak up? Uh, That it's a very complicated scenario and very complicated life, Mm -hmm. and uh, but tip like what you did there at Epic was just stand up and say, okay, just pause for a second and fix this mic so we can have an enjoyable like event together it was like obviously everyone in the room including including this speaker including the my guy were thinking the same thing yeah it was obvious yeah very good sorry shelly oh
0: not at all i i um when we came home last week and you gave me the bravery to be on, un- unapologetically me. Um, I went into it. I went into it a little bit <laughs> deeper. I knew that there was some staff members that perhaps haven't told me what they really needed to tell me. And um, I had an experience with one of our staff members a little while ago, and um, and it turned out so wonderfully. So, we'd been working together for 20 years, but never really worked t- closely together. And uh, I was able to let him know because he stepped into a position. Now we are going to work closely together. And uh, I, w- I had to let him know that he was so smart. He was so intelligent that for me to be even in the same place as him, I did not feel worthy. And I shared that with him. And he shared with me that I came off so confident that he had the same. We have, we have been now uh, meeting on a weekly basis, and sometimes these, these <laughs> meets will actually go on for much longer, but we have become closer in the last two months for just being truthful and, and expressing ourselves. And I just recently had that same experience with another employee, another coworker of mine last week and sometimes when we don't speak up sometimes when we don't tell our truth uh, no matter how it feels we do ourselves such an injustice kate if she had continued that talk we wouldn't have got what she needed to give mm-hmm. us nor would kate have felt good about her her talk to us yeah. and i think more of us need to show up more of us need to find our voice and understand that it's okay um, to speak it as long as we do it gracefully, like you say.
1: I had um, like somebody disagree with me over the, or or on social media. And the way she put it was so beautiful. She says, I love you, but I disagree. And I thought, yeah, right? Why do we have to agree with everything? And why does it have to be so angry or so me against you? Can it just not be? I love you and I disagree, right? Or I love you and I let me fix your mic. <laughs> I love you and
0: that's it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then I think that's the beautiful, like what I see in you, Claire, is that like you—you you don't say it, but what you're saying is, I love you, all of you. I'm gonna fix that mic. I love all of you. Please shut up. <laughs> I love. Yeah.
2: I was at an event recently and it was a a party for somebody's retirement and I'm going, it was my partner's experience. It was from his company. And so I didn't know too many people there. I ended up in a wonderful conversation with one of the other people's wives so we could talk about anything if it was, you know, wasn't to do with their work environment. We ended up having a conversation about her and her boss and she said, Oh, she's driving me crazy. She interrupts me all the time. She takes credit for my work. And, but you know what? I'm so close to retirement. I'm just going to ride it out because it doesn't matter. And her husband's standing behind her going, Oh, it matters. Oh, it matters because I hear about this every day. It really matters. And, and so we had a little coaching moment there. And, you know, it was interesting because her, I said, What would you say? If you could just, doesn't matter what you say, nobody's listening. What do you want to say? Like, shut up. I'm not finished. You know, what do you want to say? Let that come out. Figure out what that is. And then I said, how can you soften it? What what could you say to ask for what you need? And then we said, you know, let's dance in this for a minute or two. Within two minutes, she had language that she was willing to practice, that she felt good speaking, that she thought, I don't see how she could be upset with me about that, because often we're afraid of the repercussions of speaking up. So there's there's an opportunity to think and craft language, which is going to serve you better. I've been refining my strategy in the elevator with people that are refusing to wear masks. I've been assaulted twice in the elevator, so I can tell you it has not gone well. Yeah, yeah. I've had a whole learning over the last uh, year. And so now it's, and my sister, my sister in Moncton, who's a spiritual wonder woman, she's like, maybe you've just got, you're carrying an energy with you that's feeling fighty. It's not an act of love of wanting to say space. And so I realized it's not just my words, it's my whole energy, posture, everything. So now it's what you want, you know, my language has changed, my energy, my body has changed. And it's, it's getting better. Now I'm getting back to more people saying, yeah, if they're not wearing a mask, they'll wait for the next elevator. I did get the police involved on the last one, though, <laughs> because sometimes people need somebody else speaking up so they'll listen. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes. Jeez, you could go viral with that, you know, if you recorded those. I'm <laughs> just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Claire. Honestly, I am so grateful. Um, we're coming up our last two minutes. Um I think that we need to take care of ourselves first was your message. Yeah. I think that if we cannot speak our truth, what? doesn't matter who it is that you're speaking it to, but it's so important to reveal your truth to whoever it, it needs to, to be revealed to. If we don't speak our truth, we will suffer. Mm-hmm. We will make up stories in our own head, that uh, it's a perception of what's happening. I've seen so many people living with stories, living with words that go back so many years, when it's revealed, when we're actually able to speak it, sometimes it's absurd. And mine, uh, I had one um, that I just revealed not long ago about my smartness, and it was my grade two teacher telling my mom that I would be Average the rest of my life probably wouldn't go to college or just be average, but I overheard that conversation, and I, I truly probably strived for mediocrity, the majority of my life. And those words were stop it. And those stories, those well, they didn't serve me. They will keep us from our greatness. So you have given permission, Claire. You have given permission for us to take care of ourselves first. Claire has a beautiful story about her dad, and uh, I'll never forget it. And I want to thank you so much for being part of Epic, being part of our community, being my soul sister, and uh, delivering bravery to our world. So Claire is an author. You can go on to her site, clairekumar.com, and she has all kinds of greatness there. We will be using some of your works, Claire, and I want to thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. I'm Shelly Butler.
1: I'm mean, Eve Doucette.
0: And this is Mindset Monday. Thank you, Claire. Merry Love Christmas. You. Merry Christmas. Get your work in. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>